Welcome to Let's Drink and Talk, a podcast where an atheist, hello, he's obviously gay, and a Christian, that's me, also obviously gay, have great conversations. Here we believe thoughtful dialogue around a table and across belief lines can make a huge difference. We're not looking for agreement, but we merely offer our perspectives because we know that change happens through dialogue and over time. I'm Brad Allen. I'm still a Christian despite being kicked out of multiple church denominations. And I'm Alex Comstock, a former Christian, but now an atheist who believes in science and reason. This week we're going to talk about why you're an atheist, Alex. Like I literally just said, I believe in science and reason. Yes, but who hurt you? Oh my God, don't be ridiculous. Who hurt you, Alex? Who hurt you and made you hate Jesus? <laughs> Jesus shut up. Grab a drink. Join us for Let's Drink and Talk. All right, so we are going to talk about why I am an atheist, and I'm not, um, but <laughs> our first guest is Alicia is back, and well, if you don't know her, go back and listen to more of our other podcasts, <laughs> um, but she's pretty great and um, very uh, direct, and I really appreciate that, and you can also receive directness back, which is great. <laughs> um, True that. <laughs> welcome. And we're also here with a new guest. We have a Catholic a Catholic. <laughs> oh my Catholic. God. I <laughs> we found one on the street. We found it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we put a rosary at the door and we lured him in. It's true. <laughs> yeah. That's Someone should really make joke. an app for that because yeah. that was a lot of work <laughs> in this day yeah. and age. No. No. Rosary app. Rosary app. Yeah. Yeah. There's bound to be one. <laughs> our, our friend uh, Brian. Hello, Brian. Tell us a little Hello. bit about yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, my name is Brian Vanderheide, and I work for Regis University Campus Ministry. Um, I've been a lifelong Catholic, um, you know, ever since I was born. Went to Catholic grade school, high school, college. Just everything is as has been that that universe. Um, and yeah, I used to work at a food bank on Colfax in Denver, um, but now I work for Regis Campus Ministry. Awesome, welcome. And so you have not changed your belief system, really? Uh, not broadly. Depend yeah, yes and no. So the weird thing about the Catholic Church and in comparison to other Christian denominations is the different spiritualities that reside in each um, particular tradition. So you have things like Benedictine, um, Jesuit, Dominican, Franciscan um, that are are really kind of focuses within the Catholic church on different ways of living a Christian lifestyle. And so right. in that sense, yes. So I've, you know, I went to a Benedictine university, lived in a monastery that was a Benedictine monastery for a year. So that part is kind of my life. I work for a Jesuit campus ministry. So in terms of manifestations of my Catholicism, they've been a little bit different yeah. as, as, as the, as the world's, to continue to turn sounds a little and bit too philosophical, <laughs> but um, Jesuits are the good Catholics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Depending on who you ask, right? Well, yeah. it depends yeah. on if you're a super conservative, yeah. you're probably not a huge fan, but yeah. as a flaming homosexual, I can appreciate <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, um, yeah, cool. Yeah. So um, let's talk about why you two, Alex and mm -hmm. Alicia, are mm -hmm. atheists. We're mad at God. Of course. Obviously. That's it. That's yeah. all That's it. it is. Who yeah. hurt you? <laughs> you rejected. <laughs> who hurt you? No, uh, who hurt you? Jesus, that's show for me sure. Show the doll. Uh, I'm, yeah. so, I'm, I'm really excited to have this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> God, Alicia. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> this is gonna be a, a great conversation because I feel like this oh, is Lord. something that I can't. <laughs> Show me on the doll I'm where Christianity is. <laughs> already it there. It would be a crucifix doll too. That's the thing. It would be a it would be a cross doll. <laughs> yeah. At least wait for the thirty minute mark. God. Yeah. Jesus. Um, yeah. You just started right there. Yeah. So I think this is something that I probably a lot of people wonder about, but have a hard time engaging in uh, or asking this question. And also, it also comes with a lot of presuppositions or assumptions about mm-hmm. why people are. Atheists, so yeah, I'm excited to talk about yeah. it. Yeah, so mm-hmm. but jump in. We'll start with Alicia. Why are you an atheist? Um, ooh, I was really hoping you'd start with Alex. <laughs> um, no, it's okay. I um, uh, the simplest answer, ironically, fittingly, Occam's razor, mostly. Um, mm-hmm. the the assumption, uh, like the conclusion that requires the fewest ad hoc assumptions is most likely correct. Right. So I don't need God to explain anything. Um, And especially once you start making claims about what God values or who God is, I'm incapable of knowing or understanding any being that could create a a universe that is infinite and uh, that doesn't seem to be too friendly to life generally. Um, and so I just think it's most likely that there isn't one and nothing about my worldview has to shift in order to make that possible. So, right. Yeah. And I think it's worth noting that both you and Alex were Christian at one point yeah. and neither Brian nor I have ever really been atheist. Yeah. Fun- yeah. That's very Functionally that's, in yeah. some yeah. ways, but yeah. Yep. yeah. I was quite intensely Christian in my day. It was a unique, well, I guess, I don't know how unique it was. It was very literalist, like creationist. Every word of the Bible is true. Non-Catholic, just non-denominational Christian. Um, and my faith was very much tied up in like the literalism of the Bible. Um, Catholics which, don't really read the Bible. Right? Yeah, we, we just believe we can interpret it, but yeah, someone else yeah. interpreted yeah. it a long time. For, and they were right, so we Throwing don't have to worry like about it anymore. And, yeah. Yeah. Leaves and figs. Yeah. And you just <laughs> so, leaves and figs. Loved it. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, Okay. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, go on. (laughs) But uh, so, if I could sum up why I'm an atheist in one anecdote, um, it would be so as a in my late teens, just getting into my early twenties, I was really dealing with being gay and whatnot, and trying to figure that out in terms of the Bible because that was my only guide to reality or truth. Um, So I I really was delving into that and started studying the origins of these books and the original words and whatever and then uh the closer i looked the less i could buy the whole uh premise that god condemns homosexuals whatever i basically i made it my belief changed about it being okay to be gay and it was one distinct moment when i was like oh i didn't believe it was okay to be gay and now i do I'm never going to believe anything again. <laughs> and my thought process was like, I had a belief, now I have a different belief. Like, why I'm not going to start clinging to this new belief that being gay is okay. Mm-hmm. I, I think I have a good reason to believe that. And it, it just occurred to me like, ev- the world is full of people, everybody's got different beliefs about everything. What a, what a ridiculous thing to believe something. It's like I'm going to proportion my, uh, 
my trust in a truth claim or my confidence in a truth claim against the amount of evidence that there is to support that claim and the amount of the, what I have access to. And at the time, that wasn't a huge deal because I was still, it very much made sense to me that the Bible is God's word and God exists and all these other things. But that was my moment that really tripped something that led to the rest of it unraveling. So that wasn't when you became an atheist per no. se. It's just that that was the beginning of the end for you. Yeah. And that, and to me, in terms of like what I, what I care about, I far more care about that commitment than whether someone is or isn't an atheist. Like that's really boring to me, whether someone's an atheist usually, cause it doesn't actually tell you much. I mean, it's, it's like, I'm a, I, I don't collect stamps and that's my, that's my tribe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you, you can't be collector. Yeah. like, I, yeah. I, I know atheists who don't regard science as anything but another social construct, which is raving insanity, <laughs> but you know, teach their own. So, so it doesn't tell, and I know Christians and religious people who have a much higher degree of respect for science and reason and, and the, the process. So to me, I'm much more interested in someone who's open-minded and open to uh, evidence-based belief revision than I am in what right. do you think right now? Cause so um, it sounds like that you just didn't want to give up your fleshly desires of homosexuality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you decided to factor. reject yeah. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in reality, one of the things that it, it is interesting that your perspective was about kind of um, proportioning your belief to the evidence that mm -hmm. you see, because I, st I remember distinctly doing that too. Yeah. And I had a, there was a Christian apologetic person who actually said, I believe in, you know, the divinity of Jesus at about 90, 10. And I believe in the virgin birth at about 64. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was, it, yeah. and that was really yeah. interesting. Cause I was like, Oh, I can do that. And suddenly that's what freed me up to be a questioning human being mm -hmm. without needing to mm -hmm. like accept it all or reject it all. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Um, yeah, I um, my process was very very similar. Mm -hmm. I think it's about the the degree of scrutiny. Um, I scrutinize my own beliefs or my own emotional responses, my own ideas. Um, I would say a thousand times more than I scrutinize mm -hmm. anybody else's. Um, and it's because I know, like, I'm a mentally ill person, and especially considering that, I know that I am predisposed to believing things that don't coalesce with reality. Right. Um, and I know that... Go listen to our mental illness podcast yeah, if you want to yeah. have more information about that. It's yeah. very fascinating. Um, but, uh, so it's, I think it's, when I had that moment, that moment where I realized that my brain was much more easily, like, it was much more likely that I would immediately believe things that felt right to me. Um, it became so much more critical for me to demand evidence um, and uh, weighing my beliefs against evidence is, um, it's not like there are things that like I just won't believe in. like. If I would believe in God tomorrow, today, right now, this hour, if um, what? Well, yeah, if what? If, if any? Well, if substantial, producible, verifiable, any kind of, I mean, um, it's the same way uh, I believe that ex like alien life exists somewhere in the universe. Absolutely, but I don't believe that it's visited the planet because all somebody would have to do is grab something, anything, scratch an alien, a little bit of DNA under the fingernails, like that. Would, it would look 
like nothing we've ever seen before. Like just that tiny modicum of evidence would be enough to overturn years of provable scientific theory. And I'm absolutely open to that. Or uh, we were talking the other day about um, you and Alex, uh, I think here actually about finding rabbit bones in the Jurassic you know, immediately yeah. it would challenge my ideas about mm. evolution, and I would immediately accept mm. that as long as it, you know, it were demonstrable. You could um, prove that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So, um, yeah. it's very important to me that I never be attached to any idea at all more than I'm attached to um, reality or checking in revision or, based yeah, on reality, yeah, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Well, and but what about like what would convince you that there's a god? Just to be honest. I can go because I've thought about this. Yeah, okay. you, you, you want to yeah. think about it. I got okay, a, a so, couple, but you go. <laughs> there's there's several things. It's all tricky because knowing the fragility of the human mind and the realities we can create, I would always be mm-hmm. skeptical of my own yeah. experience. And uh, so, if it, a visitation wouldn't do it, like if God showed up and the trumpets and the whole rigmarole, I wouldn't buy it. Um, if if every if every city in the world, suddenly there was a giant black tablet appeared with new <laughs> commandments or something. Yeah. That would that'd be a fairly good one if the stars in the sky all rearranged and spelled something out declaring the glory of God, that would be pretty tough to dismiss. Mostly, though, coming from a religious background, and this is the majority of them, uh, that values ancient texts as their main thing, <coughs> as this is God revealed himself in X, Y, and Z books, would be if a book could be produced that actually had some sort of valuable description of reality mm-hmm. that, because uh, everyone's like, oh, these were metaphorical back then, like they gave them the creation story because we couldn't, we weren't ready or we couldn't understand the mechanisms of evolution or uh, the c- cosmology, which I totally don't buy because I could also easily spin a tale that sounds like the creation story and would, as far as, people 7,000 years ago, 6,000 years ago would be concerned would be just as fanciful and ridiculous, but that nowadays would have been verified as correct. Like if I described tiny intertwined strings inside of us all that carry the directions on how we're going to look and behave, Mm -hmm. that sounds absurd, but that's DNA. And now that's been confirmed. You could... You could sketch out how evolution happened, how uh, galaxies formed, quantum mechanics. Mm -hmm. You don't need someone to understand it to say it poetically and have it written down and passed down through generations. Mm -hmm. And yet there's not one really interesting bit about our world from any of the Abrahamic religions or ancient texts that really gets to a scientific truth that we only came to understand through the scientific method Mm -hmm. nowadays. So if the old text could actually point to a scientific truth yeah. if they'd that met, was pre-revealed, essentially, yeah. it was revealed before science yeah. revealed it, then yeah. that Whereas could be it, interesting. Yeah. And it was predictive, like genuinely, yeah. authentically predictive. Whereas if I were to ask myself, what if a, if a religion were false from a Stone Age people, what would it look like? Would it feature a king and a monarchy sort of set up for how, how that's going to work? And would it have all the significance of... Uh, sons and bloodlines and blood sacrifices and all this. Um, I mean, that's exactly what you would come up with if you were to say, what would a what would a uh, an imaginary religion look like of people at this place and time? <laughs> and that's what we have. So, 
Sorry, can I? Yeah, yeah go um, ahead, Bert. To to our resident atheists, um, <laughs> you, a, a question, and I know we joked about oh we're we're angry at God, we're you know right. I, you know, mm-hmm. but but I have an honest question in that let's say this seven tablets were supposed to come down tomorrow, and you you know on seven different cities as you kind of yeah. mm-hmm. you mentioned, um, w- would there be anger for both of you? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, independently of the the joke, I mean I. You know, I I would just imagine myself saying also, you know, even as a believer of where the hell were you? (laughs) You can put seven tablets down here, but you can't stop (laughs) hunger. (laughs) Like, what the hell? (laughs) You know, why, you know, why did it take so long? Why, you know, there's, you know, have either of you seen Jesus Christ Superstar? Yeah. That is, there's the um, Jesus Christ Superstar song and Ju- when Judas is is like really exploring God at the end, you know, he sings, why'd you choose such a strange time in such a backwards land or that's the other way around or something yeah, like yeah. that. And he's really like laying into Jesus there. Like <laughs> yeah. why, why this? Um, you know, I, I think we would all have those questions. So I'll, I'll stop talking, but you know, would you have those questions? Would you have those angers? Would you have those emotions of where were you? Yeah. I definitely have an answer for this. Do you want to go first before I dive into my whole thing? Yeah. Cool. Uh, it was like, this is like the one thing I was hoping to avoid discussing because I, <laughs> I'm, I'm loathe to come off in any way that would portray me as being an atheist because I'm angry. Um, because I, we all know that you're actually angry. You're angry. <laughs> yeah, just, so, yeah. so reveal um, it. Yeah. Just reveal it and come to Jesus. <laughs> but I, yeah, I actually I, wasn't a- angry until after I became an atheist. Oh, and then I got angry. Um, so, uh, it depends on what was on the tablets. First of all, <laughs> definitely depends yeah. on if they were as crappy as the original 10 commandments, I'd be <laughs> real irritated. Put a bookmark um, in crappy as the original 10 commandments. I want to come back to that. Yeah. Well, I'd love yeah. to talk yeah. about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I think that, uh, to me, and I know that this may seem cruel, the God of the Bible is capricious and jealous. Um, if you read it as a myth story, uh, he's very cruel. He commits genocide on a whim because he feels not worshipped enough. Um, he murdered an entire planet because no human beings or animals were redeemable, theoretically, through a massive flood, which makes a lot of claims about ethics and a lot of claims about physics that are uh, pretty crazy to me, um, I wouldn't be surprised and I wouldn't be particularly angry because that's exactly what I would expect out of that guy. (laughs) Um, I just think that that's Mm. spot on God, (laughs) just classic God. So that's the way that I sort of feel about it. (laughs) Uh, um, Yeah, that's that's an interesting question. Um, I guess if if you were to say, if it was to... If tablets were to show up in cities tomorrow, I wouldn't assume that would be the same God as the one of the Bible. But if for some reason that was what was being verified, right, I like think that the was the question true, that he was contingent yeah, on that. Yeah. As, I'm, yeah, as I'm explaining, um, yeah, probably. And here, because uh, my entire time as a Christian, I never once got even remotely angry at God in my mm. darkest yeah, me time. Either. Me it either. was it just yeah. did not make sense. To me at all. Brad's looking at me like I'm crazy, but no, like straight no, up. No, that that's was, interesting. That so I want to come back to that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I, I'd love to talk about it. On that, like I, uh, my understanding was that 
if God is perfect, if God is true, all the whole thing, mm-hmm. then that's that. What a dumb thing to get angry at God. Clearly, I have something I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I need to work to figure it out. I, I can be mad at my circumstances or mad at myself or at whatever mm-hmm. the case may be, but it nev- I was never angry at mm-hmm. God or questioned God until it sort of unraveled. And same thing, then I was then I was able to like objectively be like, what the hell is going on in this book? Like, this yeah. guy's a yeah. psycho. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 So I, I, a little bit. I, it, would, it would be, it would sting, but I think I'd come around pretty quick because I, again, I'm like, I, I work really hard and it's mm-hmm. almost like an, a rush now to not be attached to ideas or to have yeah. ideas overturned. Like, I love being proved wrong like me if too I, if i read a book that pisses me off <laughs> and then i come yeah. back and i'm like holy shit they were right i like have such a special place in my heart for that <laughs> i it's it's what it's all about it's all about learning new things and that requires overturning what you knew before um so yeah i think that's an interesting thought experiment but i think i'd, I'd get on board pretty quick <laughs> i'm good yeah i i'm gonna do more converting than I am because <laughs> I'd, I'd just be pissed. <laughs> I'd be like, you bring down seven tablets and that's it. I just get information, you all-powerful Google. Like, you what you what does that even mean? You don't feel that way about the original tablets? Like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. think that like, mass hunger yeah. wasn't happening on a yeah. huge scale yeah. at that point? Oh, and yeah. he spent four out of ten telling you yeah. exactly the way you have to yeah. love him. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like yeah. this, exactly. <laughs> Nobody else. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that, Brian? I I'm hearing you, and I I just don't have that experience. You know, I I think one of the interesting parts is, um, whenever I talk about Christianity, I'm not, I, you know, w- one of my roommates was a was an atheist, and we would get into conversations and and sometimes debates, and I and I. And I really couldn't say I have this logical proof that disproves you. I don't. I don't believe that that's the way I'm going to. I think there is logic in my faith, but I don't think it's solely rests on logic. And and to use an analogy, it's kind of like saying, "Why are you a human?" Well, I'm a human because I have hands. Well, that's one aspect why you're a human, but there, there's also more too. You know, no. you could say like, "Well, I'm human because I can feel empathy." Well, you also have other things. So, um. And to kind of use this as an analogy, um, you know, how I've always seen this, you know, when you're you're talking about the Exodus commandments is a lot of um, Jewish theology emphasizes the relationship or the perceived relationship between the Jewish people and their God. And so when the psalmist uh, cries out, you know, my soul waits for the Lord, um, it's, it's conveying how the psalmist feels. It's saying, where are you? Why aren't you here? Um, when, you know, when Exodus, um, when they're writing down all these commandments and saying, like, you should love God all, you know, they're trying to make sense of this God who, in theory, leads them to this Exodus and leads them out in the desert. And so they're like, oh, my God, why are we here? What are we doing? We're in the fucking desert. This isn't what I wanted to do. And like, and and so they're, they're trying to write these things down and they're they're in this situation in which they're also mixing with all these foreigners too, um, to address your example. And so, you know, there's, there's tensions there in the desert, there's shortages of food. So the whole, like, oh, maybe we don't kill everyone or like, <laughs> you know, that's, that's a, um, and then they start having these guidelines about 
relationships and they get all these complex commands um, because they, they've, they've never lived on their own or they haven't lived on their own for a while. Um, but that doesn't mean that God's not present in their lives. That means that they're trying to make sense of, of their lives with these new rules. Um, and we'll, yeah. we'll come back to some of that whenever we okay. get to the Christian one. Mm-hmm. Good. I, I appreciate your thoughts on it. Yeah. I want to go back to the Ten Commandments since you were talking mm-hmm. about that, Brian. Why you both have mentioned to me that you yeah. think the Ten Commandments are heinous. I'm quite <laughs> intrigued to hear what is so bad about them. Can I go first? Go sure, ahead. sure. Go. She's like, um, let me at him. Let me at I've just been chomping. So, um, okay, so there are three that are solid. Um, you know, don't murder people, don't lie to people, don't steal from people. Those mm-hmm. ones, I can stand behind. Three out of ten, though, not great odds. <laughs> also, um, real quick, just to interject, those three out of ten, you'll find those commandments in every, followed in other species. Yeah. Even most d- yeah. complex mammals have some sort of ethical code, clearly, um, that f- falls along those. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, every single other one is insanity. Um, the first four, if your partner... <clears throat> told you to it laid out exactly how they wanted to be loved and demanded it or hellfire that would be one of the most abusive relationships i can imagine so that's uh number one is if anybody doesn't know number one is god should be first in your life number two is the graven images aren't nice do you know Prayed a, a graven image mm-hmm. um which i mean especially now can be very loosely interpreted to uh, celebrity worship or um, uh, techno- like technological worship, capitalism worship even, I would say. Um, number f- uh, three is don't take the Lord's name in vain. Um, that's literally somebody who supposedly loves you unconditionally telling you that you are not ever allowed to say anything bad or use their name to evoke anything negative or bad or slander them in any way for any reason. Um, And then number four is you are literally have to spend a day a week where you're not allowed to do anything um, that could be misconstrued as laborious. Um, And then number five is honor your father and mother. Um, That one's okay if you have good parents, but it's terrible if your parents are abusive to you. Um, And then uh, the adultery one's pretty dumb. It's very loose and open to interpretation. Some people think it's adultery. If you look at someone lustfully, if you're not married to them, all I think that was Jesus. (laughs) 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 All the way up to... um, you know, actually sleeping with somebody uh, when you have a uh, when you're married, but I don't ever plan to get married, and I don't think that it makes me worthy of hellfire. Um, I don't think it deserves merits eternal torture that I have sex with my loving and incredible partner. Um, and then number ten is the covet one, um, where God literally to covet your neighbor's ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or the ones or, that we or, used to like to or say. Or wife, which is very progressive because right. she's your property. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, uh, and that in that God can literally accuse you of thought crime, which is horrifying to me. You can't control every. Th- it's hard enough to control your actions sometimes to control every thought that comes across your 
uh, it's impossible. It's literally not possible. And um, that's pretty devastating. Uh, In all those commandments, you'll notice slavery, not mentioned, rape, not mentioned, pedophilia, not mentioned, none of the massive crime, genocide, not mentioned, none of the real crimes against humanity, um, starving people, not mentioned. And I just think if there were a perfect God, he could make a better list. And that's what I think. Interesting. I have a lot of thoughts about that. Yeah. And I'm sure Brian does too, yeah. but we'll hold that until we defend the Ten Commandments on the yeah. next episode. Yeah. Uh, I probably don't have much to add to that, but the only thing I'd say is maybe a, a slightly different take is um, that I I am skeptical that anyone I know couldn't come up with a better Ten Commandments that are more universal and more timeless if I really gave them time to think about that. Because again, like would coveting literally that made the top 10 (laughs) like the sabbath made the top 10 and like and so often the defenses are like i i love the idea of the sabbath and like having a time that's set aside to rest uh all about it i'd prefer a two or three day weekend myself but (laughs) you want more they didn't put enough in there (laughs) but the 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 problem is this isn't some this isn't a great tip for a good life this is a Mm -hmm. life and death kill people if they don't follow this commandment and people want to put them in front of courthouses like highest law on the land right right so i mean just that there's that problem if someone wants to elevate these in their personal life that's great but again to like be in public spaces or that as everyone who i've encountered who's like oh yeah of course the ten commandments they're just a great basic like morality 101 First off, you usually can't recite them, which I can. Um, Obviously, I can. (laughs) Brian, you probably don't know this, but Alex mentions he quotes scripture in every single one of our podcasts. He's our atheist. So that's that's my main thing. I just Mm -hmm. think anyone could do a better job, and if this was meant to be universal, if this was meant to be this much of just your essential guide to life, um, I'm not buying it. Interesting. We're not going to respond to all that because we are going to yeah, talk about good. Ten Commandments mm-hmm. in our yeah. mm-hmm. the why we are Christians, I, yeah. mm-hmm. where I, we convert the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did yeah. want to circle back uh, and touch on something Alicia kind of started about, which is actually if I would if I were to give my most straightforward answer for why I'm an atheist, it would be as follows. <laughs> but something that's unique, I think, to myself and other some other atheists, Alicia included, is that I don't. I uh, would never use my intuition or feelings or emotional conviction as a guide to reality. And that's not in a that's not something I was blessed with. Like it just occurred to me, you know, I, I learned it <laughs> because we through the scientific method over the last several hundred years, we've uncovered just startling truths about our reality that are not intuitive. Um, and that actually two. Okay. Adams? Uh, there's two trillion galaxies. <laughs> okay. It took us half. There we go. <laughs> I just, uh, I'm a concrete thinker, so I wanted no, to hear absolutely. actual. Absolutely. And actually, I'm going to expand because if you think about the intuitive understanding of the world and most primitive myths, like we all see that we are on this world. This is clearly the center stage. We're under a dome. It's filled with dotted lights, and we share this planet with a bunch of other animals. And that's about as sophisticated as the understanding of the world gets. Uh, and when we elaborate, it's like, oh, we're on a bunch of turtles, or oh, we were made <laughs> in this talking snake, and that's why there's bad things, or whatever. It's, but if you look at the reality we've discovered, the, the first major blow is the fact that we're not the center of 
the universe, uh, and at that time we thought the sun was. The and sun you, you is not the center you, of the universe either. Where it's at the edge of one galaxy amongst yep. hundreds of billions, and we just found out within the last couple of years, two trillion galaxies. So we have progressively been removed further and further from the center stage of humanity. Not to mention the biological side. We discover all living creatures share a common ancestor. We're related to jellyfish and... Uh, bed bugs and kangaroos and not only that there were trees. other uh, trees there yeah. were other humans on the planet as recently as 20,000 years ago other species of humans um so and and we've also existed as a species for hundreds of thousands of years and we only have history and civilization since the agricultural period within the last 10,000 years so all this oh and also not to mention in the evolution of species we took a multi-million year hiatus where dinosaurs were the main thing and it was only a random comet from earth that wiped them out and cleared the way for another species to give rise to all the mammals we have and, and we have an incredibly robust understanding of all of this and the time scale in which it happened um so i look at that and i'm like where is where's the purpose just because i feel like i have purpose it makes sense to me that all the all the things that are uh, obvious and inherent in religion that we are special species, we are designed, we have a purpose, we're going somewhere after death. Like It's not like I'm, I, I was born free of those intuitions. They were very much intact. But when I look at how it's laid out, um, and, and furthermore, when I can see how these forces of evolution have shaped our own minds and our own psychology and be like, oh, mm -hmm. shit, this is why I feel tribalism. This is why babies are racist. This is why everyone's <laughs> so caught up in their sexual jealousy. Like, I have an explanatory framework for the human mind and the human condition, and it all falls into place. And it is... A lot of people get sad about that idea that we're just like an accident in the, uh, the corner of some universe and just here we are. But to me, it's... It's That's transcendent and remarkably I'm, lucky. I like how, like how crazy. Right. How are we here? How did we build societies? And I'm so fortunate as to be a thing that exists in this society that has the scientific method that can mm -hmm. understand our place mm -hmm. in space and time better than any other generation of my species has. That's an incredible overwhelming privilege mm -hmm. and I don't need it to go on forever. Um, to be just awestruck and inspired and, and joyful that I get to live it. Uh, and the fact that other people are living in misery and poverty and pain is all the moral motivation I need to try to make a better world. I don't need uh, some deity or a life after death or rewards after death to want that better world and to work towards it. So that's my... In a nutshell, answer. Preach. Which was not that much of a nutshell. It was rather large for a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nutshelly as it gets. <laughs> no, I I love that. Um, I think the thing that I wonder about, because the two of you are not only atheists, you're also naturalists. You don't yes. believe in anything beyond the natural world. Hmm. What we, you know, the the there's no such thing as a spiritual reality right. in either of your concepts. I, uh, I. There's no, I don't believe in magic. Like, that's the word that I, I, I believe that there are spiritual experiences. I believe that you can have transcendent out of body experiences. I believe that there are wisdoms uh, that can only be divined through accessing certain states of consciousness. And some of these are accessed through uh, religious traditions or rituals. Um, 
but I don't, I, even if God existed, even if a God existed, I don't think it would be the God of the Bible, certainly, but I, um, I would still anticipate that that God would conform to the, to natural law. Right. And, in if, am I wrong in saying that both of you believe that transcendent experiences can exist, but they probably happen in our brains? Like, yeah, it's yeah. not, yes. they're not connected to some larger reality that I've tapped into. It's just that I tapped into the vast expanse of my own neurons, essentially. It's probably. column A, column B. Yeah, I think, bit. well, I think that's probably the, the best the best way we have to describe the experience yeah. right now would be right. more towards the second thing you're saying. But I also think there is something inherently uh, transcendent and special about accessing certain parts of your brain that are free from different types of uh, delusions or uh, perceptions. So I think there's a very, there's enormous legitimacy to a lot of transcendent experiences. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I would also say one of the main reasons I, I believe I hate that word. One of the main reasons I assume it's all we're we're only dealing with one physical world made of one type of thing is we have first off yet to understand that thing fully. We still don't understand a lot of what happens at the mm. smallest scales or why it that thing why, being our brains, for instance. Uh yeah, there's That's much about our, our neurons that that we don't understand and their interaction is unbelievably complex. Uh, when it comes to quantum physics, we we understand it very well, but we don't understand why or what the hell exactly is. The implications are for reality. We don't know where the, our universe ends. We don't know if we're the only one. So there, uh, to me, there's just so much of uh, reality and the physical world left to explore and understand that it doesn't make sense to believe in something beyond that that would, for some reason, not be explained within it. Hmm. It's, yeah. Because I think for me, if there's anything that's supernatural, it is literally beyond natural. It's not something that fits. It's a, another dimension no. or reality that we can't access no. with the natural world. And it, what your perspective is doesn't allow for that, what, what you would call magic, Alicia. Because um, I do believe in magic, if you are using your definition of yeah, magic. Yeah, yeah. And we've covered that. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, you know, essentially my God is magic, if, if you're using your definition. Right, magic means something that wouldn't be explained by natural, testable, yeah, the, rep yeah. replicatable, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and to me, I would, I would think sitting down with someone, even now, because probably no one gives it much thought to it, but say few hundred years ago before we really did have an understanding of atoms and if you were to tell them your body is made of uh, trillions of tiny atoms that you can't see and those atoms are each over 99% empty space so you are less than 1% of your being is actual matter you're basically made of vibrations mm -hmm. that sounds like some supernatural bullshit you ask me yeah. and yet that's the most correct understanding we have of reality. So I think the, the word supernatural kind of gets in the way because the shit we do understand it is true to me is way weirder and, and way more out there than any of the myths. <laughs> and more transcendent, I think. Yeah. Like that's incredible. Like, like I, it's a beautiful somehow notion. Somehow <laughs> I exist, I'm tactile, and yeah. I know you can never really touch me, but I can experience being touched. Yeah. Like, the what? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and being alive is incredible yeah. and I, I'm so much more grateful for it knowing that I stumbled into it um, yeah. rather than thinking that uh, I'm controlled by a, or not controlled necessarily but I was put here to um, suffer through the hard things I prefer to think that I get I stumble mm. into 
the the yeah. wonderful things. I don't just prefer it. It seems the most likely explanation. Right. But it's beautiful. I, I find more comfort in that than any religious notion I ever adopted. The quote that comes to my mind is, and I'm going to miss, I'm going to butcher it, but um, <laughs> G.K. Chesterton writes, oh. and, and I think you probably have an appreciation for him, Brian. I don't. Oh, you oh, don't? I'm not a, G.K. Chesterton is kind of like a greeting card. He just has really like funny quotes. You're like, oh, that quotes. was pretty, and that was pretty like, great. <laughs> Fair and, enough. and then you're like, oh, okay. You know, <laughs> he just does, he's, yeah. He's One of the things card. that he says is that if you have a closed system of belief where you can't accept any spiritual reality, any mm-hmm. reality beyond the natural world, you can't even allow for a little imp behind the mustard bottle, which proves Brian's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Proves Brian's yeah. point that he's very pithy, but not very deep. Um, actually, that's should. real quick, because that quote is actually perfect, as my perfect response would be, and if you believe in spiritualities, you will not be able to see the physical ones right in front of you. It will only be a <laughs> like stumbling block the to... Mu- the mustard un- bottle itself. <laughs> to uncovering how fucking weird that mustard bottle actually is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, interesting. Yep. I don't. Cool. What else would you like to add? Why are you? Uh, oh, um, I never got to answer what would have to happen for me to believe in God. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. What would? Um, essentially, some basic universe stuff would have to substantially be different than it is. Hmm. Um, uh, by itself, the fact that the universe is not particularly compassionate to life is already troubling for me if God's supposed to be perfectly compassionate. Um, is that the Judeo-Christian God, or is that is that just a God in general? Uh, it's the, uh, we're talking about... Judeo-Christian. Yeah, the Judeo-Christian Why God specifically, Christian? but I don't know of any God that anyone believes in now. I mean... I guess if the gods were like Greek or Roman gods, that would make more sense to me because they, because they were assholes. They were anyway. yeah, they yeah. were intentionally capricious and people. human. They didn't they didn't <laughs> claim to have perfect moral integrity or authority. So uh, that makes sense. Sure, why not? Um, but uh, I mean, they probably didn't live on a mountain. That's a little much. But uh, anyway, um, but yeah, I mean. Alex's if the stars rearrange themselves, and I'm not even talking about like into a specific message about God. I'm talking about if the stars, like other galaxies, substantially rearrange themselves, I'd be like, it would give me substantial pause. <laughs> Let's just put it that Your way. Your understanding of the natural world would crumble a bit. Uh, right. Um, right. I wouldn't necessarily assume God initially, but it would give the idea a lot more credibility to me. Uh, making big moves that are verifiable by multiple sources that can be documented. Like we now can document an insane amount of stuff um, Mm -hmm. through visual media, anything at all, basically, Mm -hmm. um, that could be documented and not discredited um, would give me evidence of something supernatural. And then we'd have to build a case for God from there. I'm I'm not jumping straight to God's real because some supernatural thing happened, yeah. but I'd be like, we live in a simulation. It's confirmed. It's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is, it is so fascinating because I think ultimately you, you two and I, at least we boil down to my spirituality is so flexible that you can't really pin me down. And I'll be like, <laughs> well, science is, you know, explains <laughs> yeah. that. And yep. then, and your, yep. your scientific minds are so flexible in the sense of like, 
yeah, but neurons are so fascinating that they they can encompass a godlike reality without it being God. There's no way we can ever actually like. I'm looking for loops of like logic ways to get in, and I'm like, there's not. I mean, you know, honestly, on, honestly, probably your understanding of your own brain is pretty aqu- akin to my view of God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just place it outside of my own brain mm-hmm. and. Which is, it's really fascinating. But anyway, so we'll we'll get more into this when we do the yes. Why Am I a Christian? Round two. Yeah, so yeah. please subscribe to us on iTunes or SoundCloud and leave us a review. It actually does help us a lot. Go to drinkandtalkpodcast.com or email any questions or comments to letsdrinkandtalk at gmail.com. This episode was produced and edited by Brad Allen. Katie Owens and Felipe Trindaji are our marketing gurus, and our theme song was written and performed by our good friends Jonathan and Sam with The Query. Check them out at thequery.bandcamp.com. Special thank you to our guests, Brian, uh, Brian Vander Heiden and <laughs> Alicia Pruitt. I'm sorry, I totally good job. No, 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 it was just slow. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks to you for listening. Join us again next week, and remember no. to keep talking, keep drinking, and for the love of Christ, keep it thoughtful. The royal purple, our eyes will be bright blue, and our hearts will be red to shine the love between me and you.